This is Paul Nobles from Eat to Perform. I am here with Eat to Perform coach Christopher Dietz. Chris, if you want to say hi to everybody. Morning, everybody. So if you're not familiar with this, you'll sometimes hear Chris's children in the background. If it gets to be too much, we won't we won't add it as a podcast. But right now, um, my family has a cribbage tournament every year. And it sounds crazy because a lot of people don't even know what cribbage is. Um, I'm assuming you're you're very familiar with cribbage, Chris. Oh yeah. And, and Min- yeah, cribbage in Minnesota and 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 Canada is is a big deal because we're inside a lot, and so you end up playing cards, you know, and uh, it's kind of a fun thing. Um, what's your what's your cribbage experience, Chris? Camping, man. We used to uh, do a lot of like boundary waters trips, um, where the, there's no there's no anything when you're out in the boundary waters. So it's it's all cards, and a cribbage board was super easy to carry around in a backpack. So we ended up playing a lot of cribbage. Yeah, the um, my old poker days, we would have you know games locally with poker, and there was usually a, a time of the night where guys would just get like kind of weird. You know, and, and, you know, there'd be like a van of, of guys going to the strip club. That was not my jam. And so um, usually the other two or three people that didn't go, we would sit there and play cribbage for like a dollar a point. And one time I was up, you know, like a couple thousand dollars. And so, you know, I gave the other two people a chance to kind of get their money back. And, and their cribbage is, you know, there is a fair amount of luck in cribbage, you know, if the, if the cards set up well. And, uh, you know, I think I was up on them like $2,500 because, you know, you start off with one, $1 a point and then they trying to get their money back. And so it's $2 a point. So we were at a pretty high dollar number. Um, and uh, my thousands of dollars were of gains were negated by a skunk from two people that was like really bad. <laughs> so, um, so that's my, my cribbage experience. But what's funny about it is, is, is as someone who's played poker, you know, professionally, semi-professionally, however you'd look at it, you would think that um, I would have fared well over the last 30 years in this cribbage tournament. I have never even sniffed the top. You know? <laughs> um, what, what it is, is it's, it's our whole family. And uh, our whole family, you know, is in teams of four or, you know, two teams. uh, It's four to a table, two um, two person to a team. So a lot of it is is luck of the draw. But, you know, I'll also mention that, you know, it ends up being 10 a day. I've kind of always pitched for a little bit shorter of a day. Um, And, you know, my ADD just like takes over at some point. <laughs> just like, you know, get me out of this. You know, this is painful. So this isn't cribbage talk. This is uh, nose torque with Paul and Chris, or Chris and Paul. And um, what we're going to talk about today is, you know, the CrossFit Open, and then also some of the ways that you might look at powerlifting or, or triathlons or, or anything like that, right? Um, really kind of just to put a little bug in your ear on what you're trying to accomplish. Now, one of the things that, that I want to like clarify right from jump 
is that Chris and I aren't saying to you, you should do it this way. This is the way that it needs to be done. But we're just simply trying to say to you is, you know, there may be things that you're not considering as you're going into competition that if you considered it, maybe you would look at it a little bit differently, right? We're not trying to, you know, place a judgment on how you gauge your progress or, or anything like that. And so I'll start it off with my experience with 16.1. Now, for those listening to this for the first time and don't know me and don't know my CrossFit abilities, you know, I've never been like this super gifted CrossFitter. You know, um, I started CrossFit roughly, you know, almost six years ago at this point. And, uh, you know, kind of the funny story about that, you know, we can talk about that some other day, was that I actually took the certification for CrossFit before I ever even actually did CrossFit. You know, I thought that doing like high intensity type workouts was similar to CrossFit. Um, and it is similar to CrossFit in the way that, you know, um, low fat yogurt is similar to ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, when you're at a, a CrossFit gym and there's a there's a, a workout design. Now, firstly, let me say there's a couple things, and I'm actually going to also post um, a write-up that I brought up about you know scaled events, and that'll be a little bit of the of the discussion that that we're having. But I had a choice because my volume hasn't been real high. I've been kind of struggling with, you know, kind of sickness over the last, you know, month or so, just kind of in and out, you know, it's winter in Minnesota and that's just kind of the way it is. Um, and so my volume hasn't, hasn't been great. Going into the War of the Wads, my volume wasn't phenomenal, but it was a lot better than it is right now. And, uh, you know, I was doing a lot of airdyne sprints going into that event and my win was really good. Um, and last night I found out that my win was not really good. <laughs> and so it really kind of, kind of made me struggle. But what was interesting about my experience was I had the choice, right? I could have picked scaled and no question about it. There's going to be things coming up here real soon where I will have to do scaled, you know, I, I have a bad left shoulder. And so therefore, you know, I cannot do a muscle up, you know, even working through the progression of, of a muscle up actually, you know, messes up my shoulder a bunch of times. And, and, you know, I've done it too many times to where it like takes me out of training for four or five days. And it's like, well, you know what, sometimes muscle ups just aren't for you. You know, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, normally, um, last year was the first year that they did scaled. You know, I talk a little bit about this in the article. Um, it sort of upset a lot of people because they, you know, they didn't have double unders. Even almost six years in, I still don't have double unders. It's just not a priority for, you know, my training. Um, as much as I would like to be proficient at CrossFit, you know, there are some skills that, you know, frankly, you know, don't need to be a part of my journey. And what's what's interesting about, you know, when you first start off CrossFit compared to being six years in, you you improve so much in the beginning because you're pushing your way in a in, in, in a sense that that you 
you know, normally wouldn't. And so you improve so much so quickly that, you know, you have thoughts. Like if I keep improving at this pace, you know, I'm going to be at the CrossFit Games. Now, I will say this. Right now, CrossFit Games is a shit show. Like if you can look at the CrossFit Games and go, you know, I could be at the CrossFit Games, then you're a lot better than me. Six years ago, when you saw Masters competitions, right, it wasn't to the level that you're seeing now. Athletes have progressed so much that I think that the people coming in, and, you know, the other thing, too, and I kind of mentioned this in my write-up, you know, I'm a type A person. You know, and so I am going to be kind of a, a push it type person. When I started CrossFit, there were less than a thousand CrossFit gyms. So the good majority of people were all like me. They were like people that, that had been fit most of their life or really kind of like the people that would push the envelope a little bit. Now that you're seeing more of a broad based fitness movement, right? And you see more, I mean, you know, you, I don't recall one person being over 200 pounds in my gym in the beginning. I'm trying to think of, of one, maybe, maybe, maybe one person now that I can think of it, but he was a division one athlete, you know? So it was really kind of like a different movement. If you were already fit and you were working towards fitness, you know, then, then you gravitated to this. And then now it's become a little bit more broad. But I think a lot of the people that are looking at the CrossFit games on television, you know, they're not looking at it and going, you know, oh, I can do that, right? They're just appreciating it for an athletic event. And I'm saying to you, six years ago, you, you know, most of the, the clips were online. And so you'd look at it and you go, well, I could do that, especially given how quickly I'm progressing. And so in some ways that that shift has has sort of changed. You know, Chris is actually, you know, really more of a power lifter. But do you have any thoughts on, on what I'm saying there, Chris? Because, you know, you did Granite Games with us. Um, you know, your fitness level is certainly, um, you know, I probably train more like what Chris trains now. I probably have a little bit more volume, probably focus a little bit more on high intensity just to kind of keep that that CrossFit bucket, you know, adequate. Um, but any thoughts on what I'm saying? Uh, it, I wasn't involved when it first started, so I can't really gauge it on anything, but I, I, I think that's accurate. It's become more, um, I don't know what the, even the right adjective to use is, but it, it's more accessible to everybody, not just the super fit. Um, so I, I think you're dead on with that assessment. So going going from that, okay, so basically what would happen, this is my fifth open, and this is only the second year of scale. And when, you know, the first three years – you know, I, I've been saying all along um, that if you're a CrossFitter, you need to participate in the Open. And I not only believed that so much, I walked it. I did, you know, those workouts. And when it came to a muscle-up, I sat under the rings and didn't do anything. And that was sort of frustrating. And, you know, 
I had seen enough of CrossFit and the way that they designed these workouts to know that eventually something was going to be coming. Like, you know, I think Masters was 35 at one point or I can't. I can't remember, but they changed the way that they did Masters Major League time, you know. Um, and I think that, you know, some of the criticism that that people have, and, and trust me, people are criticizing right now, I, I think it's a little unfair because on, on, on the one hand, you want a more inclusive way of viewing fitness, but on the other hand, you know, everybody, if you have double-unders, you want to be able to do them. You know, if you have pull-ups, you want to be able to do them, you know. But if you don't have chest to bar pull ups for 64, you know, then then you're probably going to complain, you know, and that's something that I don't think will ever change because, you know, what I worked on this year to improve upon, you know, I'd like to show that. And I think that's probably the most interesting place to start is that when you look at what a watt is or what you know, a competition like the CrossFit Open is, it's really a test of skills that you've accumulated over the course of that year. And so, you know, sometimes you have to pick one or two, you know, like this year, let's say that I were to pick double unders and, uh, you know, there was another component of the workout next year that, that I didn't work on that year, it would sort of frustrate me. So I get people's frustration with that. The other thing too is that scale wasn't even an option for for many years, and and the fact that not only have they made scale a priority, some of the complaints that people are saying is that scale is too scaled, and you know I'm not making a judgment on that one way or the other. I mean I will say that when I chose, like I you know right now for my you know where you know, my training is where I'm, I'm really focused more on deadlifting 500 pounds in a meet, you know, my CrossFit bucket's not phenomenal, right? And, you know, if if I was training for a competition, you know, I'll sort of move some of my, my training. But in terms of the open, I know I'm not going to the CrossFit games. So I didn't, you know, I didn't train for the open. I'm not, I'm not like making it a huge priority, but I had a decision to make, okay? Do I go scale? Because one, I'm going to see some stuff that I can't do. And so, so I would do that. And then I would have a bunch of reps doing jumping pull-ups and lunges that are really sort of light for me. Right. Or I could challenge my level of fitness, do the RX. You know, I knew my win wasn't great going into it. You know, to be honest with you, I was battling a little sickness, you know, all throughout the day. So there was a little dehydration thing kind of going on. It's not an excuse. I mean, there's no real excuse. I mean, when I, you know, I walked away with 78 reps and, and I think at my best, I would probably be able to do, you know, four, four and a half rounds. That was three rounds. You know, I decided not to kill myself um in, in the process right and i feel really good about what i did and the decision that i made and and i want everybody to hear what chris and i are talking about is that if you can feel good about whatever decision you make do that you know um but you should at least consider the way that the workout was designed i have every element of this workout and actually I could not compliment those guys more on the way that they 
did this workout and the way that they did the the scaled workout because if if it was last year you know the the what what the experience of last year shows me was that crossfit hq listened to the complaints because they got a lot of complaints from people that spent twenty dollars and then sat under a pull-up bar for 12 minutes you know that didn't have pull-ups and they only had one element and they didn't have an option and they were sort of told you know go work on your pull-ups and come back next year i knew you know there is a, a business element of crossfit that that whenever you have these types of problems you, know, you have to realize crossfit's a business they're ultimately trying to grow they're ultimately trying to to, to get more of an influence in fitness so it didn't make sense that they wouldn't you know take that feedback and move on but at the time right you have to sort of take this hard line stance and of course at that point you're going to end up looking like a jerk and i would say that there's times with each perform as a business where you know sometimes you have to stand up for something that's important and then you end up looking like a jerk and you know unfortunately you know um that's just the way business is and you know when you look at all the really great businesses you know typically they're run by people that are capable of making those really hard decisions and you know dave Chris, dave castro gets a, a lot of criticism you know for that i think that you know he could maybe soften things a little bit because you know everyone that i've ever known that's met dave castro in real life likes the dude right and i think you know in general we'd all be better off if we sort of judge people based on your personal interaction with them rather than you know kind of like this public persona because i mean the public persona of dave castro is you know we're all beast mode and we're all you know you know trying to get this ultimate level of fitness and, and, and stuff like this. Well, I mean, look at Dave Castro, right? I mean, Dave Castro looks very different from Josh Bridges. Both those dudes were Navy SEALs, okay? So, you know, on the one hand, you have to like listen to the message. On the other hand, you have to look, you know, Dave Castro obviously, you know, is someone that, that has fitness as, as a priority in his life, but he's a very active, you know, participant in, in the CrossFit world. And so I always knew that they were going to address the scale thing positively and, and they did. And I feel like, you know, the criticism up to this point from the people who've been doing CrossFit for a while, but they don't have a certain element like chest to bar pull-ups. What they're sort of missing is the thing that is the thing we always talk about community right and 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 making sure that it's inclusive and yes i get that you have pull-ups but you don't have chest to bar pull-ups for eight rounds or you you know you know i think most people could have done the lunges you know that was the other element that was kind of hard for people i know as a 175 pound guy trying to do 95 pound lunges um you know that added up really quickly you know the biggest thing for me wasn't you know the lunges though because you know as someone that you know trains powerlifting you know it was really kind of the wind 
and and sort of you know some of the other elements that were, that were going off not excuses you know I, I i just really think that when i left that workout i felt so pleased because i don't look at all the other people in the gym and go you know oh johnny did this and i didn't do that i look at the guy that walked into that gym had no muscle on his frame and now you know, is able to kneel down with a hundred pounds and get up a bunch of times. And, and when I walked into CrossFit, I couldn't do a pull up, you know, um, without like my, you know, um, without the tendons in my elbows feeling like they were going to pull off of the bone, you know? Um, and now, you know, I can do chest to bar pull-ups, the chest to bar pull-ups for me, of course, as a 175 pound guy, that was the easy part. You know, so we all have our things that we look forward to and go, you know, um, that that's the good thing. So I think some simple ideas, once again, not a rule. Look, if you want to try chest bar pull-ups in the wad and you think that the the what the stories that you always hear are that I got caught up in the open. I decided to do RX because most of the elements I have, but I don't have chest bar pull-ups and I was able to get one chest bar pull-up. Awesome. Like no hate for that, right? No. But but you didn't try chest bar pull-ups outside of the open. Let's be honest about that. You know what I mean? Like if you had, you would have probably realized that you have a chest bar pull-up. And so when you think of what the CrossFit Open is, and once again, I'm not saying to you, this is my judgment on you, and this is the way that you should do it. But at the end of the day, we're all earning skills, and then we're testing those skills in the Open. And so if you have one chest bar pull-up, right, but don't have 64 chest bar pull-ups, then it might be time to consider scaled. Or if you've never done a chest to bar pull up, right? And, you know, I mean, the nice thing about it was is that if you'd never done chest to bar pull ups, and I guess you wanted to try a chest to bar pull up during the workout, you at least got, you know, what, 13 reps in. And, you know, but you see a lot of people like with 13 reps or, or 14 reps. The stories that you always hear are the people that got their first muscle up or they got their first whatever, you know, during the open. The story that you don't hear that happens a lot is that your friend is feeling all alone sitting underneath that bar for 18 minutes. That's the story you don't hear. What you don't hear is... The person that actually pushed themselves a little bit too far and dislocated their shoulder trying to do a muscle up, you know, after eight failed tries when it was obvious to every single person in the gym, they weren't getting it. And if they did get it, it was going to be with bad form and hurt them. That's the other criticism that just kills me about CrossFit. It's almost like there's no personal responsibility for a lot of folks, right? And people focus on injuries and things like this. Chris, I mean, 
you know a lot of power lifters. I know a lot of power lifters. You know, people get hurt power lifting all the time, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, you're pushing the upper limits of who you are. And when, you know, I mean, one of the things that I heard someone say, you know, because it was a criticism of powerlifting at, at the time. And, and, you know, someone was talking about, you know, form discussion and things of this nature. And someone said, couldn't you get hurt with perfect form? And that's something that a lot of people don't consider, that even if you have perfect form, right, yes, you're probably reducing the potential for injury, but you're not making it zero, you know. And I think that, you know, when we're talking about pushing that upper limits, and that's where I really kind of want this discussion to be, be heard, you know, it's if you go to a CrossFit gym, and your goal is to work out better and accumulate a certain amount of skills. Like, for instance, if I were to accumulate a muscle up, right, that would allow for better work capacity and ultimately allow me to be a better athlete. And that might show up in the mirror, especially if you were eating an adequate amount, you know, which is obviously a big, big part of what we talk about. But what I think happens is people get kind of caught up in the excitement of the moment you know and you know they don't want to be viewed as a scaled athlete you know they want to be viewed as an rx athlete and so they'd rather get 13 rx reps than 250 and and once again if that's your if that's the way you're thinking cool by us but what you know i can't i always forget his name i think it's chuck carswell but one of the things that he talked about was that it's really the intensity that is the thing that makes crossfit what it is right and one of the arguments that i've always made and and part of it was from a discussion that i had with chris spieler at one point was when you look at a scaled athlete compared to a CrossFit Games athlete, the scaled athlete should be in the same ballpark as the CrossFit Games athlete. And that's how you know as a coach that you've modified well. And the problem that, that people run into is they don't think like that. You know, they want to push it and they don't consider the ramifications of doing something with bad form or they don't consider the idea of building enough muscle so they can do you know a good form put pull up or you know um you, you know when you're talking about as a man you know 95 pounds almost 100 pounds over your head kneeling down and getting up you know do you have the quad strength for that you know is you know are are these things that you're emotionally invested in one of the things that you always hear a lot about is checking your ego at the door the crossfit open pushes people to check to not do that and it's my personal opinion that if we're going to say it let's do it right let's not 
you know, just kind of throw out this this thing. And I'm not saying that that you know this isn't a criticism of of CrossFit HQ because obviously you know they're they're coming out and saying, I mean, one of the things that I talked about, you know, and it'll be part of the addendum of the the post that I'm going to make with this is that even though CrossFit always said that that the 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 methodology could be scaled to to athletes in one 20 minute broadcast they actually changed the way that they thought about it because when they put that gal who by the way is going to inspire so many people to be fit I don't you probably didn't watch it Chris but in the in the 16.1 they had the two athletes that were kind of well known within CrossFit. And then they had just a regular person, I believe it was a man. Um, and then they had a female who was doing the scaled alongside, you know, all these, these fire breathers and, you know, the, the, the overwhelming, you know, person that walked out of there was that gal, you know, and and people's appreciation for what she did but what i don't think you know i mean i did have some people say to me well that was a marketing ploy from from crossfit i, I really don't think it is i mean they, they've been saying this stuff for a long time but they were always reluctant to show that athlete and now that they have I, you know if i'm p90x i'm scared Right. Because for a lot of people, they didn't feel included because they didn't feel like they were represented in the images and, and, and the stuff that was coming out, you know, and, and it would, it, you know, gradually there were there was things. But that that moment, that broadcast really, I think, is going to change a lot of things for CrossFit moving forward. And so, you know. Just kind of keep that in mind. I mean, any thoughts as we sort of close that up? Because, you know, I mean, I, all I'm saying is, you know, if the next workout comes up and it's double unders, you know, I can do single single double unders, um, but I'm not going to do double unders as, as singles, you know, if it's 30 double unders because that this is essentially a double under workout. I'll just scale it, you know. And I will, you know, feel happy to be a part of, you know, when, when those new gym members that have been doing CrossFit for less than six months, they're sitting over there doing scaled. I want them to see me next to them. I want them to know that, that I'm not willing to compromise, you know, form and, and things of that nature, you know, in a way that it's going to, to, you know, magically get me a skill that I could have been working on throughout the whole year. I mean, Chester Bar pull-ups have been showing up in the open for the last three years. And then there's people like, well, I haven't even tried a Chester Bar pull-up. Well, you might want to, you know, and if you had, you probably realize that you had Chester Bar pull-ups, you know. Um, and and so a lot of people are giving the open the credit for, you know, the, the things that they couldn't do. And there's no question, adrenaline can help a little bit, but in general, that's not a workout. That's just a skill, you know, and a lot is a combination of skills you've earned over time. So we've kind of covered that to death. Any thoughts on what I'm saying, though, Chris, as we kind of wrap that up? 
No, I, uh, I, I pretty much I pretty agree with that. I think, I think if, you, if you know you have chest of bars and you know you can do the lunges and you know you can do the burpees, then you should you should do it, RX, and you should push yourself to do the best you can. And even I'm not I'm not saying don't push yourself, like not by any means, but if you've never even tried a chest of bar or you know you can't do them, you should probably be considering doing the scaled version rather than trying to get your very first one in the RX. Um, at that time, to me, just from like a mathematics perspective, um, the person who got you know 200 reps scaled probably got a little more intense and a little better of a workout and little better measure of where they're at than the person who got 13. Dude, you just said that perfectly. We'll just we'll just end on that note. You know, I mean, I have one other thing I was gonna say, but you just said you just nailed that that perfectly. So the other thing that uh, you know, Chris actually competed in a powerlifting competition, and I guess another one of the controversial things that you know, uh, you know, I said last week that you know whether it's powerlifting bodybuilding, triathlons, you know, whatever it is you do, that competition should be a little bit of the goal. And so Chris, you know, works out alone. You can see the squat rack. It's in his basement. Um, but, you know, he, you know, he competes, you know. And, you know, everyone wants to, like, internalize things from the standpoint of, you know, oh, Paul is judging me. I'm not judging you. I don't even know who you are. You know what I'm saying? Like, you do you. If you don't want to compete, that's fine. But I'm saying that if you compete, you're willing to put yourself and you're willing to show the hard work that you've put in in front of a bunch of other people. And I think that, you know, when people sit on the sidelines, um, they'd be better off not doing that, you know. And if you run, you know, that's where your people live, right? Your people are in a 5K, you know. So doing a 5K if you're a runner, that's all I'm saying, you know. Yep. Uh, all I'm saying is, you know, it doesn't matter what you lift. It doesn't matter, you know. I did 78 fucking reps at the CrossFit Open. It's not like I killed anything. You know what I mean? Um, but, and, and oh, by the way, that was an accurate representation of where I was for that day, you know? Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's easy to kind of get into this linear thought of, you know, I want to have this body fat percentage or I want to lift this much, you know? Right now I'm working towards deadlifting 500 pounds. I may or may never get there, but that that whole idea of I'm working towards getting to a competition has allowed a mentality of continuously working to get better, you know? And I think that it really, when we look at, 30 days I want to get here or 60 days I want to get here or, you know, the, all these artificial timelines. What I'm saying is competition provides you timelines 
but they're not really timelines. They're just check-in points, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, like Chris said, which I thought was brilliant, you know, the other day, you know, he was talking in a private group and he performed and he said, you know, I don't have before and afters. I just have before and nows, you know? Um, and so why don't you talk a little bit about that and then talk a little bit about kind of the lessons that you learned from your meet and your training throughout the process. Cause I know that that was kind of a, you know, a big thing for you. I know, you know, you ended up kind of, um, trying to stay in a certain weight class and stuff. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll, 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 uh, the before and now. Having whenever people say like, here's my before and after pick, like to me that implies that you reach the finish. Like now you're done. Let's the weights can go away. I can quit, you know, watching my nutrition. I can just go on with my life and I'm a happy person. And, and we know that's not true. Like there really is like, if you're going to make fitness your priority and you're going to make, you know, CrossFit or powerlifting or bodybuilding or running or whatever the case is, or eating, eating for that matter, there, there is no finish line. Like the timeline is life. Like I, I I'm not, I'm not looking to reach a specific goal weight for life. I'm looking to reach one maybe for my, my meat so I can stay in a weight class or I can move up a weight class or whatever the case is. But the before and now is having an after implies that you're done and I'm not done. I have what I looked like before and I have what I look like right now. And then I take those same two pictures. Um, I take my before picture and I take another picture a month from now and it's still a before and now not a before and after um i, I just I, I hate the idea that there's a end to any of it because there's not um un unless you give up and quit or or just stop or whatever the case is then okay but until that day comes there's no there's no after um as far as my meat goes uh i i did a small cut um just to make sure like, that I was not going to go over my weight class because um, I wanted to compete at the same level that I was at in my first meet, which was back in August. Um, so I, just so I could have a better comparison of how much my strength has improved in that same weight class. Because if I go up a class that changes things a little bit, leverages and things like that, just from having extra mass. So can we, we talk about that for just a second, because I think that that's a really important discussion and, and it comes up quite a bit where should you be focused on a weight class? And one of the arguments that I'll often make is, are you going for an American record or if you're going for like some kind of, you know, big achievement um, that if not, then you know maybe you wouldn't be so obsessive about it because what what often you see is people like how can I lose twenty pounds in thirty days you know and nope. then then of course that that cost them can you talk a little bit about the weight you were at and then the weight you were cutting down to okay when I, when I did my first meet I ended up being it was right around two twenty was my my body weight two hundred twenty pounds. Um, the cutoff for my division, my weight class is 230 and a half pounds. Um, during my bulk cycle, when I was adding mass, I got up to 234. 
Um, and normally, and I do take my own advice, and I give the same advice to anyone who asks, if you're competing and you, generally speaking, I would not worry about weight class, especially given a federation like the USAPL, which I lift in, which has a two-hour weigh-in. I cannot go into that on a cut and expect to be able to um, replenish my stores and my energy and all. You know, I can't go into that. That's, that's sort of the point that I'm trying to hammer home here is that, that when he cut, okay, he was only cutting a few pounds. Yes. And and you see this in boxing now, you know, and you see this in a lot. Of, you know, certainly you would see it in Olympic weightlifting, where People trying to make weight, they're really kind of four pound difference, five pound difference. This idea of adding 20 pounds so you could theoretically add so much mass that it would make that big of a difference. Mm -hmm. you know, for the good majority of natural athletes, that's just not going to happen. And no. so you're way better off kind of staying within you know a certain range because when you're talking about you know, three to four pounds, the the lengths that you have to go to stay in your weight class aren't near as extreme as you do 20. So now all of a sudden, instead of lifting more, you end up compromising your performance. And so that, you know, that's why I wanted Chris to talk about that a little bit. Yep. Can you talk a little bit about like your, your, the amount of, of weights and how, how that went up and, and did you get any PRs? Like, how did that work? Yeah, um, my last meet, uh, I did a 435-pound squat. This time, I was able to get 485, so I added 50 pounds to my squat, which was a 50-pound a meet PR, but a 5-pound life PR because I did 480 at the ETP Open. Um, so it was 5 pounds over that. Uh, my bench was a 5-pound meet PR. Um, I had some technical problems <laughs> with uh, getting called for a few things, but um, – but I was able to bench 320, which was a five-pound meat PR. Um, but I have done 350 at home, um, so that, that I didn't do as well as I expected or hoped. But that's okay. Um, and then deadlift, I did 529, um, which was a 17-pound meat PR and a five-pound life PR. So I was really happy um, with my total results. A little disappointed in the bench, um, but those are things that I can work on for the next one. There, it's nothing i'm gonna it's not gonna weigh me down and just work on it for next time um i ended up taking third so i got a pretty fancy medal for that <laughs> i was pretty cool to, to to be on the podium i guess and only my second meet but is I, what love, it is. I loved i loved what your son said um the uh can you tell him what your son said? <laughs> yeah uh, so my, my kid was sleeping when we got home um so in the morning, I was all excited to show him my medal, and I showed it to him, and it says, you know, third place out. And he goes, you know, Dad, if I was in a weightlifting competition, I would have won in first place. Totally not impressed with my third place finish. Yeah, it is funny. I mean, like kids, you know. Um, you know, what's interesting, though, is is I, I'm like your son. You know, I mean, I, I drive myself crazy, and I'm sure that you work hard to do that. But, you know. I mean, in these weightlifting divisions, especially your your division is pretty competitive, right? A lot of guys fit that body type, and um, I mean, do you do you know what the first place person lifted 
or, or it was basically Wilts, right? So ultimately, you're being compared to a bunch of other weight classes. Yep. Um, in in within my weight class, uh, I'm in the 105 kilogram weight class. Um, the guy who got first, I think it was only by like seven. It was like 70 total pounds, something like that. Um, and the guy who got second was only like 20 pounds. So, I, I mean, I'm right there in terms of competitive nature. Um, and we were all, the other two guys both had me, I believe they both outweighed me by 10, by about five pounds, if not a little more. Um, but that, that's not an excuse either, in my opinion. But um, it, it, it was pretty close. Yeah, the um, I, I think the other thing, to kind of enter into this discussion of training for competitions, you know, obviously, you know, you and I don't run triathlons, you know, though I, I do run for longer distances, um, but it's usually just more GPP work or really kind of like some of my training for, um, you know, some of the CrossFit stuff that I'll do on occasion. But, uh, one of the reasons why Chris is able to see kind of this linear progress is because of working towards a sports specific thing. And as you kind of, you know, like really I'm describing myself here, you know, as you compete in powerlifting and then you compete at, at CrossFit and then maybe you run a triathlon because a lot of people, you know, want to do all these things and it's fun and it's fun to compete and it's fun to get out there amongst all your people. You know, like I always kind of make the comparison to the blind melon video where the little girl is, you know, looking for, um, you know, uh, you know, her bees, you know, she's in the bee costume and then, all right. all of a sudden, yeah, she finds the field and they're all bees and they're all happy together. Yep. When you do these competitions, typically you're finding your people, you know, and so that that is fun. But it does come at a little bit of a cost, you know, because if you concentrate on, you know, body fat percentage and, and do a bodybuilding show, is that going to hurt your powerlifting? Probably. I mean, there's a lot of people that will say, oh, it doesn't have to. It kind of has to, you know, like if you're doing it right. And I mean, I'm not saying that there aren't outlier type situations. I mean, Chris is obviously telling you guys of a situation where he was cutting um, and and still was able to to PR. But just know that, you know, even I mean, the best of the best, I think, is pretty honest about this. And I, I would consider that to be Alex Vieta and Alex will say to you when you're doing hybrid training, you're trying to be good at multiple things. You're not going to be as good as if you'd focused on one thing. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you know, we can focus on powerlifting and lifting all the weights and moving up weight classes and getting stronger and stronger and stronger, right? But how does that affect, you know, your health? How does that affect, you know, all these other factors that might also be important to you. And so in that way, Chris's son would be wrong, right? You know, like, you know, if you're going to obsessively work to be, you know, in first place, you know, you might be costing yourself that CrossFit competition three to six months from now. You know what I'm saying? And, 
you know, that's a decision you can make. You know, I think um, one of the temptations that most of us have, you know, is that as we start focus on one bucket, whether it be like triathlons, CrossFit, or, or powerlifting, you know, one of the examples I always use is we had a softball team two years ago um, at the gym that I work out with. And I thought to myself, oh, my goodness, you know, I mean, we had we had. I think six division one athletes or, uh, or division one or division two athletes on our team. I thought we're going to kill this league, you know, and we were horrible. I mean, I was the best by far. I have a baseball background. So, yep. so, uh, but we were horrible. I mean, to the point where it just really wasn't even fun. And ultimately we didn't end up doing it the very next year. But it just kind of shows that just because you have kind of overall athleticism, you know, it doesn't always translate to a specific sport, you know. And so keep that in mind as you're looking to compete. But, you know, I would say if you internalize the criticism of what I'm saying, you know, in terms of wanting to compete or wanting to kind of put your hard work on display, I think that's a little bit about you and it's not a lot about what I'm saying. You know, what I'm saying is, is, you know, challenge yourself to show off the hard work you're putting in, you know, and, you know, I can speak for myself that if I didn't sign up for the CrossFit open this year, like for instance, like I'm saying, you know, uh, I'm not, 1000% ready for the CrossFit Open. I don't necessarily need to be. And I didn't peak towards the CrossFit Open being the end all be all for my year. You know, for me, in terms of like CrossFit competitions, I'll be peaking towards the Granite Games. But if I didn't sign up for the CrossFit Open, it would have been a little bit about the fact that, you know, I didn't want to display the work that I put in, right? because there was some shame attached to it or something of this nature. And what I'm saying is if you can divorce yourself, like, like I did signing up for the CrossFit open, right. You know, um, that all the bullshit that you have in your head about, you know, I don't want to be embarrassed or I don't want to be judged or I don't want to be, you know, whatever. It's really more about you and your journey than it is about all the other people. Because honestly, I mean, one of the best things I ever heard said was if you really knew how little people think of you in your day-to-day -day life, you wouldn't be so concerned about what people think about you in your day-to-day -day life, right? And I think people don't jump in with both feet, right? Because they're scared of being judged. And I'm saying that jumping in with both feet is the thing that ultimately allows you to get to what, what Chris is talking about, where it's not before and after, it's before and now, you know? And it's all these timelines and the expectation of those timelines that's harming people overall and the discussion that we're trying to have and while, yes, this does apply to training, 
it also applies to food because, you know, this idea, you know, we talked a little bit about it, you know, in our fat loss, you know, with um, you know, Catherine and I on Thursday, you know, in terms of hating yourself lean, you know, it's this idea that, you know, I'll just hate the journey for 30 to 60 days and then I'll get to this point and then I'll just become normal. Well, that's not how it really works, you know, and that's not how it's working for anybody and everybody's sort of messed up in that process. And if you can change your mentality as it relates to food where you're not dieting all the time, where you're kind of pushing the performance side of things, it's actually helpful for all side of things. And there's going to be times where you're going to be good at powerlifting. There's going to be times where you're good at crossfitting. And there's going to be times where, you know, you're sleeping great. And there's going to be times where you're sleeping bad. And there's going to be times where you have to eat for convenience. And there's going to be times where you can meal plan. All of those things are like this big, gigantic burrito of awesomeness that makes up your life. And if you view it from that standpoint, it really, I think, changes your journey. It certainly did for me. Sorry. Anything you want to end on, Chris, as we kind of close things up for the show? Just that I would encourage anyone to compete in whatever your sport is. Just do it. Um, stop waiting for this magical moment when you're good enough to compete because you're good enough right now. Go do it. Like It, it changes things. Uh, that was not something I understood until I actually did compete. Um, it it, it alters things a little bit and it's absolutely worth it and everyone is good enough to compete right now today well remember you you met josh yep so so josh is a friend of mine from my gym i've been trying to talk him into doing a uh, a powerlifting competition forever right um yep. josh is an adaptive athlete we've featured him on each perform page many times and um he's just you know, set up real well for being a power lifter. So um, the minute I saw him at the gym, I went up to him. I said, you have to admit, buddy, you're a little addicted. You're going to do it again. And, you know, he, he agreed with me that that he had wished that he had just pushed it and gone a little further because, you know, frankly, power lifting sets up for a lot of Josh's, you know, abilities. And, um, you know, I think he, he would have benefited from not waiting. And so, yeah, I agree with Chris 100%. You know, you're good enough now, you know, and it really is kind of you versus you. And don't get caught up in, you know, the, the comparisons because, you know, like they say, comparison is the, is, is the enemy of joy. So appreciate everybody being here. And uh, the response to the podcast has been awesome. So I appreciate everybody kind of rating and reviewing us in the iTunes. It's been, it's been very humbling. So we'll talk to you guys later. Bye-bye.